All right, if you've got a Bible, I would like for you to, before we even turn there, I bet you how many of you know what John 10.10 says? Yeah, that's what I figured. So, but let's turn there anyway and look at it. John 10.10. The title of my message tonight is Options from the Destroyer. And John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So why does the devil come? What's his purpose? Does he come for any good reason? He's either stealing from you, he's trying to kill something off in your life, or he's trying to destroy something in your life. That's his only purpose. He wants to steal something from you. He wants to kill something good going in your life, or he wants to destroy you. That's his only purpose. That's the purpose that he has. To steal, to kill, or to destroy. Is that complicated? Everybody didn't agree with that. Half of you stayed quiet. Is that complicated? What is the devil's purpose? Now, I'm used to teaching little ones and youth, so stay real simple in here with me tonight. Is it complicated? What is the devil's job? Steal, kill, and destroy. Let's say it again. What is the devil's job? Steal, kill, destroy. You say you've said that five times. I know. I'm going to say it five more. What is the devil's job? Steal, kill, and destroy. Is it complicated? Are you sure? Steal. What does he do to you? He steals. He tries to kill off things in your life. He tries to destroy things in your life. The devil, he does that. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. Okay? So I'm just going to read it some more. The Amplified says, The thief comes only... In order to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief is only there. His only purpose, the Message Bible says, is to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Living Bible says the thief's purpose, his whole purpose, his existence, his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So why does he exist? What is his only reason to exist? Does he have another reason? His only reason is to steal, kill, and destroy. His only purpose. Only. But now what does the rest of the verse say? I am come that you might have life 
and have it more abundantly. Why did Jesus come? So that we could have life and have it more abundantly. Is it complicated? Why did Jesus come for us? To give us life and to give it abundant. Let's read it from some different translations so that it'll make it easier to understand so that it's not complicated. Okay? The Amplified says, I am come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Why did Jesus come from the Amplified? That you could enjoy life. Why did Jesus come for you? Jesus came so that you could enjoy life and that you could have it to the full till it overflows. Is that complicated? Why did Jesus come? So that you could have a life that you enjoy and that you could have abundance. Is it complicated? Why did you complicate it? Why did Jesus come? So that you could have life that you enjoy. Enjoy to the full. Till it overflows. Another translation. The Message Bible. I came so they could have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Can you dream big? I can dream pretty big. What about you? Did he come so that you could have a better life than you ever dreamed of? Why did Jesus come? The Living Bible. Everybody read it with me now. The very last sentence. My purpose. Now, we read the devil's purpose. What was his purpose? To steal, kill, and destroy. What's Jesus' purpose? To give life in all its fullness. Now, let me ask you a very simple question. Are you suffering destruction or death or lack or defeat in any area of your life? Why is that? Because we're missing it somewhere. Somebody be honest. Somebody be honest because somebody's missing it somewhere because Jesus came for one purpose and one purpose alone that we could enjoy life to the fullest. So somewhere we've got off somewhere because somehow we're not enjoying that life to the fullest. Somewhere we got hooked in with the devil's destruction. 
Because if there's destruction and stealing and killing and destroying, that's not of God. So only pride would have you say that's of God. Lack and defeat and doing without death in any area is not of God. We just read it now. Don't complicate it now. Do we need to go over it again? If it steals, say it. If it steals, if it kills, and if it destroys, where does it come from? If it gives life and life to the fullest and abundance, where does it come from? Now, don't complicate it. That's the line where you mess up is right there when you begin to complicate it. Right there is when you begin to complicate it. Is you got to go back and you got to say, okay, God, I missed it somewhere. I didn't do something. Something happened. I got off course. Something happened. But are you willing to do that? Let's do it. I don't care if you're willing. Some people are. (laughs) Look at Adam and Eve in the garden. God says, do this. And what automatically happened with Adam and Eve? Was it complicated? What instantly happened? The devil came to do what? Immediately, from the very beginning, God said this, the devil said this, instantly. God said, don't eat of the tree. The devil said, it ain't going to hurt you, eat of the tree. God said, you'll die. The devil said, not really die. Was it complicated? So why did it get complicated? It's real simple. It's this little thing called flesh. Just put it back in your ballpark. When God tells you to do something... What's the first thing that happens? The very first thing that happens when God tells you to do something, God says, give Barbara Joy $5,000. The very first thing that happens is, well, now let's see, do I have the money to do that? Let's see, do I have uh, bills? Let's see, reasonings. God didn't say reason anything. He said, don't eat of the tree. He said, do what I say and you'll have life. But what happened? They complicated it. And the devil brought in death. And it happens every day in our lives. Every single day. Let's look at a couple of things. Turn to James 1, 
Everybody knows this, but we need to look at it. James 1, 14. Everybody likes to blame everything on the devil. But 99% of the time, it's our flesh. The devil don't have to do a whole lot. James 1 says, But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his what? Own lust and enticed. Then lust has conceived and it brings forth sin. And sin brings death. Where does death come from? The devil. Don't err, my beloved brethren. Here you go again. Verse 17. Every good gift and perfect gift is from where? It's telling you the whole thing right there again. It's going into the exact same thing again. You could put exactly what we just said again from John 10.10. Start it again. Separate the verse. The thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. You're tempted when you're drawn away of your own lust. Then comes death. But every good gift comes from God. So how does this happen? The Amplified says, but every person is tempted when he's drawn away, enticed, and baited. By his own evil desire, lust, or passion. And verse 17 says, Every good and every perfect, free, large, full. Does that sound like the same words? Gift is from above and comes down from the Father of all that gives light. I know that me, getting saved was the most precious thing That ever happened to me. But next to that, the most valuable thing that I have, and if you've ever heard me speak, you've heard me say it, is what? Being led by the Spirit. It's the most valuable thing that I have in my walk with the Lord. The most valuable thing that I have. I know just the other day, Kim and Dave... And Keith and I had to go and take care of some business. And we were talking. I don't know how we got off on the subject, but it just came up. And we were talking about the first meeting that we held someplace. And um, I think Dave said that was the year I graduated from high school or the year after I graduated from high school. I mean, it was a long time ago. And uh, (laughs) telling off on ourselves. And uh, we didn't ask anybody for a meeting. Keith and I, the Lord dealt with us to have a meeting. So we rented a hotel ballroom and we got there and it was packed out and we had a meeting and we paid our own way and we paid our own bills and we paid everything and the Lord moved and we had miracles and we had good things happen. And I remember, I mean, just like it was yesterday, we were there and we were having the meeting and I remember it was the very first time the Lord ever gave me a word of knowledge. I'll never forget it. And I'm talking about being led. He told me someone in the meeting, now hold on to your chairs, this is very, very spectacular, had a headache. 
And I was supposed to call that out. Now let me tell you what your flesh does. All week long. Now the meeting started on like, uh, maybe it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I think is what we did. I'm not sure. Because I know that we were free on Sunday because somebody asked us to speak at their church on Sunday morning. We were telling them this is why I remember it so well. And we were debating on whether we were going to do it because we were so tired and Keith had to start back on Monday morning and we decided we would do it and they gave us enough gas money to get home on. And they only had six people in the church and it was their family. (laughs) That's how we started. But nobody didn't ask us. We didn't try to get anybody else's church. We didn't try to get anybody else's meetings. We started on our own. But I remember that when we first got there, I got this, and I wouldn't even tell Keith. And um, I know I tried every day. I'd squint my head, and I'd, Lord, is that it? A headache? You know, and I'd pray, and I'd, I'd get quiet, you know, and got a headache are you sure it's not like a massive tumor that you're gonna get out (laughs) you know only just a headache God you know and I didn't want to do it and I went every day and I didn't want to do it so finally the last night I put my flesh under and I said The Lord deals with me that somebody here has a headache. (laughs) I didn't add to it. I didn't take from it. But somebody here has been having headaches. Well, come to find out, I did it. The lady came forward. We prayed for her. Come to find out, it was the mayor's wife that had been to every doctor that she could go to. And God healed her supernaturally. Well, I don't tell you that for the goodness of it or because of the headache thing. I tell you that because of this scripture I want to read you. Turn to John 7, 18. And you may not understand it till we get to a different translation, but just hang with me just a minute. He that speaks of himself seeks his own glory But he that seeks his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Hang on. The Amplified. He who speaks on his own authority seeks to win honor for himself He who teaches or originates with himself seeks his own glory. Are you getting it? But he who seeks the glory is eager of the honor of him who sent him. He is true and there's no unrighteousness or falsehood or deception in him. The message Bible says it really plain to me. The person making up things tries to make himself look good. But someone trying to honor the one who sent him sticks to the facts and doesn't tamper with reality. 
Now let me explain to you why I told you that story. Through the years, the Lord has given me other things for services. But most of all, through the years, the Lord has given us things, Keith and I things, every day that we have to live by. Every single day, there are things that he will say, headache. Now, you don't add tumor to it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you don't magnify it to make yourself look good. You say, well, I don't get a word of knowledge. Huh? You don't hear from God? God doesn't tell you stuff? God doesn't show you what to do? God doesn't say, do this? And when he says, do this, do you add to it or take from it? Let's read the message again. Now, understand the message Bible is an interpretation of the others. But it says it pretty good to me. The person making things up tries to make himself look good. But someone trying to honor the one who sent him sticks to the facts and doesn't tamper with reality. When God tells you to do something... Does he want you to do it the way he said to do it? Does he care that you do it the way he said do it? Does he care that you do it when he said do it? How he said do it? With who he said do it? Or does he care that you want to do it now? And he said wait two years. Let me read your scripture and then we'll get back to that. Numbers. You all know the story. How many of you believe God loved Moses? I believe he did. Numbers chapter 20, verse 8. God said, take the rod and gather thou the assembly together. And Aaron, thy brother, and what? Speak. Speak. To the rock. Now is that complicated? Let's go back to it. Is that complicated? That's pretty clear as far as I'm concerned. Speak to the rock. How many of you in here have someone working underneath you? Even if it's one person. Okay? Keep your hands up. Now, the rest of you. How many of you, the rest of you have kids? Okay. How many of you have family? Keep your hands up. It should wind up with every person in here. Okay. All right. This is what Moses was dealing with. You understand that, right? All of these things. He had people working underneath him. He had family. He was having to deal with. So don't judge him. You ever got tired of any of your family or people that was working with you? (laughs) 
Okay, don't judge him. God said, Moses, speak to the rock. What happened immediately? It doesn't really matter if you speak to the rock or you hit the rock. Who said that? Does it really matter? Moses, does it really matter if you speak to the rock, hit the rock? What difference does it make? Just do something to the rock. Is it really going to matter? So long as the water comes out. The ends justify the means. Get the water out. Huh? So long as the water comes out, what difference does it make? Speak to the rock, Moses. Ever been there? God says, do this. You're mad? Nobody in here's ever been mad. So he hits the rock. What does he lose? Who's there immediately to steal, kill, and destroy? Would you suppose that the very same thing could be happening in your life? That God told you to do something like speak to something and you hit it. And because you don't have a book explaining it, you might not know it. God's merciful. He is a very merciful God. Moses went back to God how many times? Asked him, could I please go into the promised land? What did God say? Don't ask me again. Some things God tells you to do, you got to do. Sometimes God says, Don't buy that car right now. Wait. Just don't do it right now. I'm not against you having the car. Just don't do it right now. What does your flesh say? But you know what? What you don't see is that it affects more than just you. Maybe in eight months... Dan would have enough money to help you half pay for the car and the Lord would be dealing with him. They need a car. But he doesn't have the money right now, but in eight months he could have saved up the money and he could give you half of it. Maybe Keith would have saved up the money, he could give you another half. Maybe Lisa could have saved up some money. They could have bought you the car and you wouldn't have had to go in debt for the car that's going to put you behind on your house payments that's going to cause strife between you and your wife and wind up in a divorce. But you had to have the car. You don't always know why God says don't do something. And you don't know but what they needed to sow into what you were doing. Then it's going to affect them. Because he needed to sow into that. And he needed to sow into that. And she needed to sow into that. And it's going to affect their harvest because they weren't able to sow. And then it's going to affect whatever they were supposed to do. And then it's the chain reaction that goes to how messed up can we be? The chain reaction of things. God is a merciful God. But we have to have it now. We have to do it now. Or just the opposite. I know people don't always understand us. 
I don't always understand everything. It's like, okay, okay, okay. I didn't know, but he knew. And I didn't know, but what this product might be higher or this product might be a recession or this product might be a... Did you know? And maybe the money might not be as fluid or maybe this might not be as available or maybe... Did you know? It pays to follow him. Let's read a couple of scriptures here. John 5. Verse 19, then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For what things soever he does, these also do the Son likewise. So what did Jesus do? Exactly what he saw the Father do. So, when he turned the water into wine, did he do that on his own? Why did he do it? When he healed blind Bartimaeus, did he do that on his own? When he healed the woman with the issue of blood? When he uh, fed the 5,000? What did Jesus do on his own? Was he led to do every single thing that he did? How was he led? By doing what he saw his father do. He didn't do anything by just a whim. He did exactly what he saw. People get upset all the time. I mean, look at Jesus, for instance. Okay, Mary and Martha are coming crying. Lazarus is sick. And he waits two days. Two days. What if that be a church member around here? Would we get a report? Nobody came to see us. Nobody called. Nobody checked on us. Reckon Jesus got any reports? What did Jesus do? What he saw his father do. Reckon anybody should ever give any leeway for anybody being led? Do they? You know why people don't give other people leeway for being led? Because they're not themselves. And is that okay? The only way you can help people... Is if you hear from God. Flesh doing stuff with flesh gets flesh results. And what kind of results are those? Being led from God and hearing from God gets God results. And that's the kind of results that we want. Only. So me coming and talking with you and having nothing to say... Is just flesh. Me hearing from God and saying, now I'm ready to talk with them. Then you've got something to say. And an answer. 
I know recently we were talking with somebody and they were saying, why don't you do this? Why don't you, every person in the church, why don't you, there's sick people in the church. And I said, yeah, I know. I said, I could call out several of them right now and I could tell you just exactly what's wrong with them. They looked at me. And he said, well, why don't you do something about it? I said, because the Lord didn't tell me to. And uh, he said, but you should do something about it. And I said, no, I shouldn't. Because the Lord didn't tell us to. And I looked at him and I said, how many people you ever prayed for? And they said, oh, none. How many people you ever ministered to? Oh, oh. And I said, well, you should go to healing school and learn about healing. Well, I went over there and told them what to do and they wouldn't listen. Well, how do you help people like that? When you're telling them about being led and they're telling you about flesh. Doesn't work. How does that work? It doesn't. So let's look at some things about being led. All right. The Amplified on that says, The son is able to do nothing of himself, of his own accord, but he's able to do only what he sees his father doing. And whatever the father does is what the son does in the same way in his turn. So what should we do? First John 2.20. Now don't get complicated again. Keep it real simple. If it steals, kills, or destroys, it's of the devil. I'm going to make it real simple for you here in just a second. How to tell the difference. First John 2.20. But you have an unction of the Holy One and what? You know all things. Say, I know all things. Do you believe that? Or are you just saying it? you just saying it. You don't even believe it. You should confess it every day till you get to believing it. You should stick it up somewhere till you begin believing that you can know all things that you need to know. You don't know it in your head and you ain't smart enough to know it by yourself. You only know it because you have an unction inside you by somebody that's smarter than you. That does know all things. It's the greater one that lives inside you. The Holy Spirit. Now let me ask you this question. John 16, 7. Most of you know this. I'll read it to you. You don't have to turn there. They can put it on the screen. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Young's literal says, but I tell you the truth. It is better for you that I go away. Now you got that. You see, it says it is better. You see that word better right there, right? Everybody see it better. Okay. Let me read you a passage of scripture. And it says, at the first day of unleavened bread, and when they killed the Passover, his disciples said to them, where will you go that we prepare food that you may eat the Passover? 
And he sent forth two of his disciples and he said to them, go into the city and there he shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wherever he goes in, say unto the goodman of the house, the master says, where is the guest chamber where we shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared and there make ready for us. Is that pretty detailed? Okay, let me read you another one. And it came to pass uh, when he was coming to Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and he said, go into the village and when you enter, you'll find a colt tied whereon no man is sat. Loose him and bring him here. And if a man asks you, why did you loose him? Say to him, because the Lord has need of him. Is that pretty detailed? Put up that verse again in the Young's. It is better for you that I go away. Now, let me ask you a question. How in the world could it be better that Jesus goes away when he gave them such explicit detail as to what to do for him? Is that detailed or is that detailed? Go into this city. Do this. Do that. At this particular time. Do this. Do that. That's pretty detailed, I think. Would you like to know how to do that? This particular day. Get up. Go do this. This particular time. Go do that. You think God's mean? Did he lie? Either he lied or we're not doing what he said do. It's either better or it's not better that he left. Because I know it's mighty handy for me to walk up to Dave and say, Dave, what do you think? Should we go do this or not? Yeah, I'll go over here to uh, this store and I'll go get this and this and this and then I'll bring it back and I'll be back by 3 o'clock. That's pretty specific. Because I can look at him, he can tell me that. What did the rest of that verse say? Why would it be better that the comforter come? Because Jesus cannot give specific direction Walking down the street to each and every person in this room. He can't do it. But the Holy Ghost living, the greater one, living inside of you, can. He can tell you exactly what you need to do, when you need to do it, how you need to do it, how many times you need to do it, how much you need to spend, where it needs to be spent, how often you need to do it, whatever you need to know. I think that's why people have gotten frustrated with me around here. Because I say, no, we're not going to do that. Or yeah, we're going to do this. It's like I'm making up my own mind. Because that's what they do is make up their own mind. We don't get to choose what we want to do. 
We have somebody living inside of us that tells us what, where, when, how, how often, who, how come. And if we're being destroyed, it's because we're not following that to the letter of what we're supposed to do. It's not complicated. What happens is God tells you to do something. And the first thing your flesh does is it tries to modify it and make it easier on your flesh. If God says you get a phone call at midnight and he says, get up and go see Susie because she needs to see you right now. Well, the first thing your flesh does is says, well, now God, it's midnight. Now, Susie could be asleep. Modification. To change. To adapt, to suit your situation. Is that okay? When God says, do it this way, this is the way we're supposed to do it. He doesn't complicate it. And he doesn't confuse it. We confuse it. And what happens is the reason that people's lives are in a mess and they don't know what they're supposed to be doing and they're so confused is because they got off course way, way back here and they're in situations they shouldn't even be in. You're like, what am I supposed to be doing? Why am I dealing with this person? Why am I in this lawsuit? Why am I in this mess? Why am I in there? You shouldn't even be there. You should be way, 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 way over here. And you're over there. Because God never told you to be over there. But you decided with all your little modifications, it's like Keith flying his airplane. I've watched him. He is constantly, when he's flying it by hand, one degree. He'll just keep constantly making little bitty tiny little adjustments. Constantly. Why does he do that? Well, what if when we go to land the airplane, we're supposed to land on runway 29? I've flown up front with him enough to see. And we're at 2-4. Does that little bit of difference make a difference? You may not understand that, but it's just a compass. 240 degrees or 290 degrees. Does 240 degrees make a difference to 290 degrees? Are we going to miss the runway? Is that going to be bad? Well, what about your life? What if God had intended for you to be on runway 29 and you're over here on 24 and you're missing every person that you're supposed to be in contact with is supposed to be giving you finances? What if you're over here on runway 29 and you're missing your mate that you're supposed to marry? What if you're over here on runway 29 and you've missed that house that somebody's going to give you? You're only off a few degrees. The destroyer is destroying you every step of the way. Because there's no blessing. Because you've chosen... To make modifications. 
make adaptations to adjust it just a little bit to suit your flesh. Because we've got to make this flesh happy. It wants to get up at nine instead of six. God said get up at six and be there early. Well, we had that accident because we got up at nine. Or we get mugged because we did it at nine. Or God says, don't have the surgery right now, but we're going to have it. And we get the wrong doctor and they mess us up. So we sue everybody and we're in 12 lawsuits because we didn't listen to God. When we shouldn't be in a lawsuit to begin with, we should take responsibility and say, we missed it. Christians that are in lawsuits ought to back up and say, hey, I missed it somewhere. Where did I miss it, God? I blew it somewhere, God. I got off course somewhere. Or you'd have protected me. Got to repent. Go back. Say, God, I missed it somewhere. I'll straighten this out. I'll take responsibility for these lawsuits. You straighten me out. Because most of the time, you got yourself into it. Because you got on the course you shouldn't have been on. You did things he didn't tell you to do. And you've got to take responsibility for those things. Humble yourselves. And say, God, did I make little adjustments that you didn't tell me to make in this? Did I get hooked in with people you didn't tell me to hook in with? Just because God tells you to buy a building... Didn't mean he told you to go with this bank. Didn't mean he told you to hook with these people. Didn't mean he told you to get these contractors. Didn't mean he told you to hire these people. Every step, every morning, every hour, every minute, you got to be checking. Is this person right? Is that person right? Just because you hire somebody and this is the position doesn't mean the new person does everything the old person did. You gotta check. You gotta say, God, what do they do? Just because you did it this way last year doesn't mean you do it this way this year. Just because you had this accountant last year doesn't mean you had this accountant this year. Just because you sowed to this church last year doesn't mean you sowed to this ministry this year. Just because you ate at this restaurant last Sunday doesn't mean you eat at this restaurant this Sunday. We are spirit beings. But our flesh likes ruts. 98% of the people in here, you sit in the same chair every Sunday. Make yourself get out of it. Did God lead you to sit in that chair this week? Have you ever stopped to ask him? Or did you just do what your flesh wanted to do today? It's real easy to do what our flesh wants every single day of the week. And never stop and ask God, God, what do you want me to do? I'm going to ask you again. How many honest people do we have in here? Are there things in your life that are not full and abundant? Are there things in your life that have been stolen? That are stealing, killing and destroying? Can you look back now and say, God, I may have modified that just a little bit. Just a wee tiny little bit. But you didn't tell me to modify it. 
I may not have even asked you about it, come to think of it. If he said it was better that he go away and he was that specific with them on instructions, would he be that way with us? I believe he would. I believe he would do that for us. I believe he would give us such instruction on every... I remember one day we were going up here to do the offering. And just instantly, God said, put Jan up at the front desk office. Jan wasn't working at the front desk office. Just instantly, we were going up here to receive the offering. And he said, put her at the church office. I said, God, Jan at the church. Okay, God. Don't delay. Do it immediately. Okay, God. Whatever you say, we're on it. Next morning, what happened, Jen? She was up at the church office. I don't have to have an explanation. And my staff knows me well enough by now. If God says do it, what's going to happen? It's happening. And we should all be that way. We shouldn't have to have an explanation. If God says do it, we should jump on it with both feet. Why? Abundant life, blessing, good things. You should know he only came to give you life and good things. And if he says do it, what is it going to be? Good. It's going to be wonderful. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what your flesh says or what your head says, if he says do it, It's going to be good. That's why the devil would instantly come to get you to modify it. Why did he do it to Eve? To instantly kill her. Kill all the plan that God had. And he's going to do the same thing with you. The very same thing with you. So don't let him do it. When he gives you a plan, don't question it. When he tells you to do something, instantly. Okay, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to do it. No, it's God. Then do it. And the more you do that, the clearer things will get in your life. The less confusion you'll have. The easier things will happen. Make sense? Makes sense. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.